force. Uh, all the time in Scripture, when, when he's talking about the Christian life, he's always using these different metaphors to describe it. He'll talk about uh, farming a lot. Um, when he's talking about evangelism, he talks about uh, the battle that we're in. So he compares us to soldiers all the time. He talks about the body of Christ being a physical body, and he compares it to that from time to time. And then every now and then he comes and talks about sports. And he specifically talks about running a race. He compares the Christian life to running this race, this like long distance running type of race. And I, I, I love that because I love sports. Um, my, my passion has always been basketball. It's kind of always been my sport. My dad was a basketball coach and uh, just always played basketball. And I kind of saw myself like being a basketball dad. And, and my kids took a different route probably because I wasn't a very good coach. And they all became runners. And so I'm proud to let you know, I'm not trying to brag, but I'm going into my ninth year as a cross-country dad. Uh, it's a pretty, pretty, pretty big deal. Like nine years of going to cross-country meets and watching my kids run. And I don't know if you know a whole lot about cross-country, but it's, it's a really, really interesting sport. It, it really, really is in, in a lot of ways. In fact, one of the things I've learned over my time as a cross-country dad is that it's one of the few sports where the individual aspect is just as important as the team aspect and vice versa. Like it's not one over the other. It's the team is important, the individual is important, what you do is important individually, and it's also part of the team. It's very, very equal. If you don't understand cross-country, and I know most people don't really understand cross-country, I didn't when I first started this thing, uh, go watch the movie McFarlane USA. That'll help you uh, figure it out, and then you'll get to the point where they say, that's not Danny Diaz, and everybody cries. So like, like go watch that movie. It's an amazing movie, and it explains cross-country. Uh, it's, it's such an interesting sport, because if you go watch cross-country, and you watch the, the runners running, nobody looks like they're having fun. I mean, they, they do not look like they're having fun at all. And so I, I love being a cross-country dad. I love, I, I love running, but when I say that, I mean I love watching people run. I don't like running. Running is ugh. But, like, I love watching people run, and I love watching them run with this it's grueling. Like, they're in so much pain, and they're like, you're trying to encourage them, and they get to the they, they get to the finish line, right, and then they stop running and the pain stops and all of a sudden they're having fun with each other again. Like this, it's just a very interesting sport. In fact, you see a lot of cross-country teams wear t-shirts that say, our sport is your sport's punishment. You think about that? Like, you drop, drop a pass, run a mile. Let's remember the Titans, right? Like th their whole sport, cross-country whole sport, is what everybody else does when they're being punished when they're in sport or just for conditioning, right? Um, a friend of mine once said that cross-country was from two Latin words, crawl meaning to run, and scuntry, which means without purpose. So that's what it feels like sometimes. Just, they're just running, and it's, it's just it's so interesting to watch this sport. But speaking of watching it, it's a really hard sport to watch. It, it's, it's not the best spectator sport. I mean, it's called cross-country. They run through the country. <laughs> they disappear into the trees. And man, when you're a rookie cross-country parent, when you're a rookie cross-country dad, you can miss a whole lot of this stuff. I remember when my oldest was first starting and he was running varsity as a freshman at Rockwall, and he was running a meet in Tyler. And let me just tell you, they run their meets in late August, September, October on Saturday mornings about 7.30 or 8 all over the Metroplex. I'd like to invite you personally to come join me for that. Sounds like a great use of your Saturday. And 
he's running a Tyler, and Tammy couldn't go for that meet, and I was like, I'm going to go see him. And he's, he's running, he's on the team, I'm going to go watch him run. And I, I got a late start because I had to stop for coffee and donuts. And I got to Tyler, and his race was already going on. And I, I'm a rookie dad, so I don't know where to go. And I saw some parents kind of lined up over by the side of the road, and I'm like, well, maybe they're going to run by there. And so I went over there, and they were standing by this hill, this really long hill that the kids were running up, which is another great thing about cross country. There's always hills. Like, they have to run up the hill. And I'm standing there, and all of a sudden, I see Austin coming, and he runs right by me. I'm like, good job, Austin. And he's running. He's like, hey, Dad. And then he just keeps on running. And he runs up to the top of that hill, and he turns and goes out of sight, and then he turns, I didn't even know it, but he turned right then, and he went to the finish line, and it was over. And I drove two hours, and I saw him run about 12 seconds. I was like, well, at least we'll have a good bonding moment on the way home. I said, Austin, the coach said you can ride home with your parents, let's go. And he goes, no, I want to ride home with the team. I'm like, this is a great Saturday. I'm just going to, let me drive back alone. This will be awesome. I got to see him run 12 seconds of a 17-minute race. This is perfect. It's a, it's a hard sport. Now, I'm not, a, I'm not a rookie anymore. We go to Tyler Meet. I know seven different places that I can see them run. And you, sometimes you got to kind of hustle. It's almost like, I didn't want to work out, but I, got, I go from this place to this place, and I can see him run around this pond or whatever, see, see my kids run. And so I'm, I'm on the move, and I know where to go, and other parents are following me. Where do we go? Like I'm, and I'm watching him run seven times in, in, in this whole race. They're running a 5K, 3.1 miles. They're running that whole distance, and I get to see him maybe seven times. It's just a hard spectator sport. But what's even better than that is the fact that all the spectators that are there, all the parents are trying to shout encouragement. I mean, if my kids are playing basketball, I know how to, I know how to shout things. I know how to coach them. Like, basketball has been my life for so long. I'm like, hey, he, he always goes to the right. Make him go to the left. Make him go to the left. You know, like, I, I can shout things. And cross country, all the parents are out there, and they're running by, and they're like, hey, run faster. Because you know they want to hear you say that. <laughs> hey, run harder. Doesn't look like you're working hard enough. I, I do this all the time. Hey, go pass that guy. Go catch her. Go, go pass her. And they're like, yeah, sure. And then at the end of the race, you're like, hey, did you hear me yelling at you? And they're like, no, I didn't, I didn't hear anything. Like, this is great. I drove two hours. I yelled. You didn't even hear it. This is not working. One of the times we were at a track meet, and there was another dad, and they were running around the track, and the whole time he, the, his kid was racing, that dad was standing there just shouting over and over again, use your legs. what else is he gonna do I mean he was he was so slow but then he stopped running on his hands and he caught everybody like his dad was there for him like use your legs okay yeah thanks dad that's perfect like sometimes you go to these meets and you're like you're shouting encouragement you're like this is not helpful at all like they don't they don't want me to do this I I guarantee you (laughs) Paul compares run uh, the Christian life to running a race, like a cross-country, long-distance race. There's hills. There's all kinds of obstacles, like he compares it. But as he does it, here's what he does for us. He gives us some encouragement, and it's actually helpful. He's not shouting, use your legs or whatever. He's, he's, this passage, he's like, hey, this is like, it's like we're running a race. And he's going to give us some specific encouragement here that I think could really, really help us as we're running the race. And the first thing I want to point out is that I think this is maybe the way he could say this to us as encouragement, is that you're still in this. You're still in this. 
and, and, and I really kind of mean two different things by that. One is we're all running. There's, there's always more progress that we need to make. The race isn't over yet. We're not there yet, and you and I are still running the race. We may be at different places in the journey. We may, we may spread out all over the place. That cross-country race, they start all together in one line, all these different teams and boxes, and by 100 and 200 yards, it's spread out all over the place. By the time they end, like, there's people spread out over minutes of time, and so we're all in different places, but we're all still running because we all still have stuff to do. We have we have progress to make. We have work to do as we're racing, as we're running, as we're pursuing Christ, every single one of us. That's why I love how Paul starts this, because he says, not that I've already obtained this, verse 12, or am already perfect, but I press on to make it my own. Paul says, I'm not there yet. Paul says, I still need to press on. Paul says, there's some progress I still need to make in the race. I'm not perfect. Paul, the Apostle Paul, the greatest missionary the church has ever known, like this guy who everyone would have looked up to, who says, follow me as I follow Christ. That's the Paul we're talking about. And he says, guys, listen to me. I'm not there yet. I'm still running the race. You and I are still running. There's no place where we stop and rest and, oh yeah, we got it, we've made it. No, we're just going to keep running and keep making progress. In fact, Paul, actually there's a Greek In the original language, there's a play on words. If you look down at verse 15, he says, let those of us who are mature think this way. And most people translate that word mature, but it's literally the same word. It means it's perfect. And here's the play on words. He's saying, hey, if you're you're perfect, you'll realize you're not perfect. When you really are maturing in your faith, you realize I have a lot of room to grow. I haven't got there yet. If you're perfect, you'll know that you're not perfect, that you still have some stuff to work on. And so there's this idea that you're, we're still in this. We're still running the race. There's still work to be done for every single one of us. It also kind of reminds us that there's no place for spectators in this thing. Cross country is a hard sport to watch. Running the Christian race is not designed for anybody to be on the sidelines just watching. It's designed for all of us to be running together. We encourage each other as we're doing that, but we are running the race. Every single one of us has progress to make. You and I are still in this. But the other side of that is you're still in this like you still got a chance to win. You're still in this. You're still in the fight. You're still in the competition. And Paul is reminding us that the victory is already secured. The victory is not in question. You run the race that God has put in front of you. It doesn't matter who's in front or who's behind you. Like You run that race and the victory is secured. Look at what he says. Not, not that I've already obtained this or I'm already perfect, but I press on to make it my own. Why? Because Christ Jesus has made me his own. I'm pressing on to take hold of Jesus. Why? Because he took hold of me. Because he has secured the victory. I'm running with his strength and by his power and by his help. I'm not running on my own. And so I'm running knowing that I'm still in this, no matter how far behind it might feel like at times, no matter where I am, no matter how distracted, I'm still going to keep running because I'm still in this. The victory awaits. The prize awaits. Jesus Christ has rescued us, has seized us, has taken hold of us. And so we run with confidence. You stand that starter block, you're looking out and you're like, yeah, this is going to be hard. This is going to be challenging. But Jesus is with me. He's going to carry me all the way through this thing. And we know that because of what he's done for us. We know that he has secured the victory for all of eternity. He came and died on a cross, took our place, and so he provides everything we need to run this race the way he's laid it out for us. So you're still in this. 
which means Paul is kind of saying, hey, I'm really, really aware of where I am in this whole thing. Paul's self-assessment is so healthy, and it's good. We need to be people that have a self-assessment from time to time. Where are we at in the journey? Am I running the way I need to be running? Am I straining? Am I pressing on, or, or am I not? And because when you, when you start to really evaluate yourself, you, it can really help you, but it can also, there's a couple dangers of that. There's one side of self-assessment where we start thinking that we're better than other people and we're okay and we kind of go to complacency. Like, we, we start looking around and we realize, well, at least I'm not as slow as that guy. I may be slow, but I'm not as slow as him. I mean, he's way behind. He'll never catch up. And when we start looking around and comparing, it leads to this dangerous place of self-assessment where we think that we're a little bit better than we really are. We forget that if you're perfect, you know that you're not perfect. If you're mature, you know you got a lot of work to go. And, and all of a sudden, we look around, and we're like, well, at least I didn't do that. At least I didn't do that. At least I, I'm, I'm ahead of these people. And all of a sudden, we get complacent. We want to stop running because we're like, oh, I'm doing fine. I'm doing great. And Paul's like, no, this, I'm not yet perfect. I'm, I'm moving forward. I'm going on. But there's another side of that. On the other, other side of the road, there's another ditch that we can get into with a self-assessment where we, we start feeling like we're worse than we really are. I don't even know why I'm running. Like, I'm never going to finish this thing. I've messed this thing up so bad, I'm not going to get there. I can't do it. And we start, you know, falling off into the other ditch of thinking that I, I'm just, I'll never get, there's so many people ahead of me, so many people that have gotten a head start, so many people that are just way, way further down the road, and I just don't even know why I'm trying. And that if we're, if we're not careful We'll start feeling like we're, we're worse. We'll feel like we, we don't measure up, and we'll, it'll cause us to stop running. But Paul has the perfect balance in his self-assessment. I am not perfect yet. I have so much more to, to do. I have so much more progress. God's continually pulling me closer. He's got more steps for me to take. But I know that he took hold of me, and so I'm going to finish. I know that because of what Jesus is doing in me, there's a victory coming. Isn't that perfect balance where God wants us to be as we're running the race, knowing that we have, all of us have room to grow, and God's going to do it. Philippians 1.6, Paul already told us that. He said, hey, God's faithful. He's going to complete the work in you that he started. It's his work. You keep running and trust God to complete it. You're still in this. I think another thing that Paul tells us as encouragement as we're running is don't look back. Look at verse 13. He says, brothers, I do not consider that I've made it my own, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead. Forgetting what lies behind. Don't look back. As a runner, if you're coming down the finish line and you feel like maybe somebody's coming up on you and you're straining, you're running, you know, like you, you don't look back. You, that'll slow you down. That'll distract you from running. And so you don't look back. You, you stay forward. He says, don't look back. He, he, he says, forget what is behind us. Now, we need to understand, he's not, he's not literally talking about forgetting. He's not saying that you're going to forget all the stuff in your past. He's not even saying that there's not times that we should look back and it can help us. Because there are. There's like, there's a tough time in your past and you went through it because God got you through it. And the next time you come up on a tough time, an obstacle, a challenge, you can look back and remember that God got you through that one and he'll get you through this one too. And so the, looking back sometimes propels us forward. So he's not saying forget everything. It's really the same 
type of idea that we see in the Bible when it says that God remembers our sins no more. God chooses to forget our sins. We know God is omniscient. He knows everything. He doesn't forget. It's not like he woke up. It's like, I can't remember anything they did. No, it's he chooses not to hold our sins against us because of what Jesus Christ did for us. Because Jesus took the punishment that we should have taken. He paid the penalty for our sin that we should have paid, but we couldn't. And because of that, God chooses not to hold our sins against us anymore. He reconciles us. He justifies us. He brings us back into his family, gives us a relationship and eternal security. And that's the idea of forgetting here that Paul's talking about. It's not literally forgetting your past. It's running forward and not letting anything in your past distract you. Choosing not to let anything hinder you. No matter what it is in your past, I'm going to keep moving forward and I'm not going to let anything back there slow me down. Which means sometimes it's a past victory or a past success. Like there's, there's times that we've achieved something or we've seen God do something in our lives and we've kind of got to this level like look at, look at what God's done. And it, because we're just fallen people, we want to stop and rest in that. Look, man, I've, I've got all these successes. And we start really focusing on the past and what we've done in the past. And it, it, it keeps us from moving forward and straining forward. And he says, don't look back like that. Don't rest in your past success. And that's a problem for some of us. But for most of us, the problem is that we look back at our past mistakes and we stop running. So we look back at our past mistakes and we start thinking, I've blown it. I've messed it up too far. That I'm, I'm disqualified from running this race. Guys, that is not the gospel. That, that is not the truth of God's word. That is a lie from the pit. Like, we, we need to grab a hold of the truth that our past mistakes are never as big as God's grace. That his grace, his mercy, his forgiveness is always bigger. It's always greater than anything that we've done. Look at your Bible all the way through it. Look at the people in the Bible that God used over and over again despite their failures, despite their mistakes. And sometimes it's just really easy when we blow it and we make a mistake and we walk away from the course to think, I'm out. He's not going to use me like that anymore. And that is not the God that we serve and we worship because he's like, no, 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 come back over here. Get back on the path. Come back. Let me, let me come get you and let me pull you back and put you right back on the path. I still have plans for you. I still have a race for you to run. God's grace is more than sufficient for all of our weaknesses, all of our mistakes. What's keeping you from running? Is it, is it something like that where you feel like, I, mean, I just messed this thing up. I can't run anymore. God didn't even want me to run anymore not the gospel that's not that's not the bible maybe it's not a mistake maybe it's something somebody did to you i mean you you get a part of a church and you get involved in a church and you're gonna get hurt like that that just happens sometimes people hurt each other we're all sinners we're all fallen and maybe you brought some church hurt into this and that's kept you on the sidelines you're like yeah i don't know if i can do that because man i got hurt last time i get it we've all been there but what, what happens when we do that and we, we stop running because of some past hurts, we're, we're not forgetting the past. We're, we're letting it control our future. We're letting it control and keep us from moving forward. I mean, maybe somebody's hurt you. Maybe you've hurt somebody. Maybe you've made a mistake. Man, Paul says, don't look back. It, it's not that we don't remember, but we don't let our past hinder us. 
We don't let our past keep us from running forward. I love what John Piper said about this. Pastor and author John Piper said it this way. The point is not never look back. The point is only look back for the sake of pressing forward. Never substitute nostalgia for hope. Memories of successes can make you smug and self-satisfied. Memories of failure can make you hopeless and paralyzed in your pursuit of God. Never look back like that. Give humble thanks for successes. Make humble confessions for failure. Then turn to the future and go hard after God. That's some good medicine for every one of us today. I mean, God has a path and he has a race for you to run. And there's grace and there's mercy. And there's always a place for you to jump in this race. Get back involved. Get get back running. So don't look back. Don't let the past keep you from running. And what he says is instead... Keep your eyes up. Keep, keep focused ahead. He says, here's the one thing I do. Forgetting what's behind me, I'm straining forward to what's ahead. I'm pressing on to what's ahead. Keep your eyes up. That pressing on, it, it's such a great word. It's so intense. It, 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 it means to pursue as in like a hunter pursuing its prey. Like you're going to keep going, keep going until you find it, until you get it. Like it's that kind of word. It, it, it also is used sometimes for the word persecute. That you're pressing on, pursuing to persecute, which is interesting, right? Because Paul used to persecute the church. In fact, in early in Philippians 3, he said, I had so much zeal that I was persecuting the church. And it's like Paul is saying, God took that zeal and he translated it over into a pursuit of Jesus. I'm pursuing, I'm pressing on. One thing I do, I mean, this is what's ultimate. This is what's important. I'm pressing on, I'm straining forward. And he says, keep your eyes up. The keep your eyes up is to focus on the right thing. Focus on Jesus. The writer of Hebrews, in Hebrews chapter 12, either he was inspired by Paul or maybe it was Barnabas and he inspired Paul, but he said this about this race. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him, endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. We're surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses. That's not spectators among us. That is a cloud of witnesses in heaven cheering us on, which is a really cool idea. And so let's run the race in front of us with endurance, looking to Jesus. So another translation says, fixing our eyes on Jesus, looking up. Keep your eyes up. When, when uh, my oldest son... Stopped running in high school and went and ran in college. Like he had a different coaching approach when he went to college, as you would expect. And I remember going to the first cross country meet at, 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 at DBU. And I remember as they were running, the coaches were all on the sideline just yelling at them all the time. And they weren't yelling, use your legs. <laughs> they were yelling, keep your eyes up. Keep your eyes up over and over and over again. They knew that when they start looking down at the next step, you, stop, you lose momentum, you lose speed, you lose focus, you start thinking about how much this hurts, and they're like, no, no, get your eyes up. And they were always yelling at them. You'd see those guys start running, looking down, and they'd hear their coach, and they'd get their eyes up and look at where they were going. And it would pull them, propel them forward. And the writer of Hebrews says, look to Jesus. Keep your eyes on him. Focus on Jesus. Why? Because he endured the cross. 
He, he did it for the joy that was set in front of him. Because he knew on the other side of the cross and all the pain and suffering that there was joy eternally, glory for him and joy for us. And so he endured the cross. And so let's run the race with endurance. Let's run the race uphill. Let's run the race when it's tough. And let's look at Jesus as we do it. He's the author of this race. He's the perfecter of this race. You can look to him and find everything you need to keep on running. Let me make sure you understand as a cross-country dad that some of my kids chose to run cross-country and some of my kids, I chose it for them. <laughs> uh, that's one of the things you get to do as a parent. You get to tell your kids what to do. I don't know if you guys know this or not. Some of your younger generation, you get to do that. You can tell your kids what to do. And uh, it's just like one of the few perks, really, that comes with this whole parenting thing. And so my youngest daughter didn't want to run cross-country. Glory was against it, but she didn't have a group. When she was going into high school last year, she didn't have a group to get involved in. She didn't have any other activity she wanted to do. And I'm like, my wife and I are looking at her like, you're gonna run cross country. She's like, no, I'm not. I'm like, I I wasn't asking. It's not multiple choice. You're gonna run cross country. We love the cross country team. Your brother runs cross country. Your other brother ran, your sister ran. Like, we love the cross country environment. You're gonna run cross country. That's where you're gonna belong. And so she realized that I wasn't joking. She's gonna have to run. And I'm telling you right now, she hated it. It It was brutal. They practiced at 6.30 in the morning every day before school, even on the first day of school. And she complained. Uh, like every morning she'd get up and she would complain, I can't believe I have to do this, I'm so tired, all the things, and she would go, I'd be like, that's so great, just have fun, you know. <laughs> and so, so they, you know, they practice for a couple of weeks and then the first meet comes and we go to the first meet and it was worse. I mean, she, she hated practice and then when you had to run a 5K, she really hated that. But I'm, I'm not a rookie dad, so I could find like seven places to go cheer her on. And I would go cheer her on, I'd get a death stare, you know, like, you got this, Gloria, you can do it. And it's like, die, you know, like, leave me alone. <laughs> and she, I could tell, she was, she was so mad, she was hating every minute of it. And so, I, at one point, I was like, she's walking, she's so mad, she's just going to stop, she's, gonna, she's not going to finish. I'm like, God, just please let her finish. And she just kept going, kept going, and she, and she finished. And Tammy and I were at a safe distance away from the finish line because we're not rookies. We've learned that the finish line, there's a lot of drama over there. So we stayed way over here. And then Glory, when it was time, she came up to talk to us. And she walked up and I said, Glory, you did it. You finished. Way to go. And she said, I just wish I had parents that would let me quit. (laughs) You guys that are parents, you know that your kids don't ever compliment you for your parenting. They don't do that. That's not in their MO. And so I took that as a compliment. Yeah, so she knows that she's not allowed to quit. Shoemakers don't quit. That's what we, and so she, I'm winning as a parent in that moment. And I realized in that moment she said something that she didn't believe. Like it was all the pain and the frustration, just like she, she wasn't happy with her performance, all of it. And it made her say something that she doesn't believe. She doesn't really want to be a person that quits. In fact, I, I, I knew that then, but I really know it now because she, like, the whole season, she kept going because she wasn't allowed to quit. She took, like, eight minutes off of her time. And if you know cross country, that's huge. She's been getting up for the last three or four weeks and going to voluntary practices in the mornings. What? It's not a perk to say I was right. That's not a perk. You don't do that. But, like, 
She didn't quit because she didn't want to be a person that quits, and none of us do. I mean, we don't want to be the kind of, yeah, man, when it gets hard, I quit. (laughs) You won't be able to count on me. (laughs) We don't want to be that. But yet when, when difficult times come, when it gets really, really hard, like, why, God, why would you allow this to happen to me? This isn't fair. God's like, oh, I want you to run with endurance. Look, look at Jesus and what he endured. What he endured is worse than what you're going through, I promise. So look to him and keep running. I want you to be a person that doesn't quit. I want you to be a person that endures to the end. And so God is always at work in our lives to produce that in us. And so stop asking the why question and say, like, God, help me to endure. I don't want to be the person that quits. And we have to do that by keeping our eyes up, by focusing on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. And then Paul says, I think, one more thing here that's pretty clear, and that is that we should run for the prize. That it's not just aimless running. It's running for a prize that awaits us. Look at what he says in verse 14. I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. So you guys know that when you talk about these kinds of things, it's very easy to point to eternity. The prize, we stop running when we get to heaven, and and for all eternity we receive the prize of being in heaven and the crowns that come with that, the rewards that come from faithfulness. God says, good and faithful servant, well done, all those things. But he's not just talking about that. Christianity has this already but not yet aspect to it where we've already been given this blessing and eternal security and our salvation and forgiveness we've already been given that but it's not fulfilled completely it's not yet fully there and so we're running and pursuing and chasing knowing that there's a great prize coming in eternity but even right now we get to experience some of that and when Paul is saying this, I think that mainly he's talking about right here and right now. In fact, if you got your Bibles open, look back at verse 10. Philippians 3, verse 10, where he says what I think is kind of his purpose in life. He says, that I may know him, know Christ, and the power of his resurrection and may share in his, share in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death. Paul says, here's, here's what the prize is, Jesus. Why am I running? Jesus. I'm running because he is the prize. Knowing Jesus is the prize. He's the treasure of all treasures. Knowing him is better than knowing anything else. Having him is better than having anything else. And so I'm running and pursuing Jesus. That's everything. I want to know him. I want the power of his resurrection in my life. I even want to share in his sufferings because it brings me closer to him. So I'm okay with sufferings because I know that he's with me. And so I want to know Jesus as well as I possibly can. And he says, that's the prize that awaits every single one of us on the other side. Keep running right now because you receive the prize of intimacy with Christ. You get to know him well. There's always more that we can know of him and what he's done for us. And that's why there's always progress to be made. And so we keep on running knowing that he is the prize. He is it. And he's worth all of it. He's worth all the trials and all the obstacles and all all the hills. So keep on running. 1 Corinthians 9.24 is another place that Paul talked about the race. And he says, do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one receives the prize? So run that you would obtain it. Run like you're trying to win. Run to get the prize. 
Every athlete exercises self-control in all things. They do it to receive a perishable wreath, but we an imperishable prize, something that can't be taken away, that moth can't eat, that rust can't destroy. Our prize is Jesus for all of eternity, so run hard, run with focus, run with determination. Keep moving forward. Live up to what you've already attained. Don't fall backwards. Keep moving. You've had some of our students in here have had a great summer, and you've you've moved forward through dwell and through a mission trip. You've moved closer to Jesus than you were before the summer. And Paul says, "Keep moving, keep keep going forward, keep straining, keep striving. One thing, make it make it that ultimate thing in your life to pursue Jesus like that. Discipline yourself." Self-control. How do, you, how do you know Christ? You know him because he revealed himself in his words. So spend time in his words. Spend time with God's people. Spend time worshiping. Spend time in prayer. That's pursuing Christ. That's pressing on. That's chasing after him. And he's, he's the prize. That intimacy, that relationship is worth every bit of the, the discipline. So keep doing it. One of the things that's interesting about that passage is it says that, hey, in a race, all the runners run, but only one wins. And you, that's just life. There's only, there's only one first place trophy in a race. But Paul's saying that here because he's trying to motivate us to run harder. R- give it everything you have. He's not saying it here to tell us that only one person wins. No, 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 we're all in this together, and it doesn't matter where you are on the journey, there's a prize for every single one of us. We all get the prize because the prize is Jesus. He's more than enough for all of us. And so as we're running, we're supporting each other. Somebody behind you, you don't look down and stop running. You go back, circle back, and get them and bring them back. I remember that first race that Gloria was running. Several of her friends finished the race and went back and ran the last part with her. That's what it ought to look like. That when we're running together, we know it's hard. We know that the hills are ridiculous sometimes. And we want to be there for each other. We run the race together because we need each other. And it reminded me when I was thinking through this of when I think my oldest was a junior that they had a race at home, a home meet at Harry Myers. And there's one kid named Rob and he was, he was not very fast, but he was on the team and he worked and he showed up for practice and he was the last one in for almost every race. And he came around the corner at the home meet and he was right just the finish line, just 100 yards or so ahead of him. And the whole team, who most of them had just finished running, the whole team just joined him and brought him all the way to the finish line. I want you to see this video that I just happened to grab that day. The celebration for Rob is just as big as the celebration for the first place guy. That's the way it ought to look like. We're running, and it's hard. And I need you, and you need others. We need each other. 
We need each other as we're running to be cheering each other on to finish this thing together. God's put this race in front of every single one of us, and we're running individually, but we're running as a team. We're running together, and so let's support each other that way, and let's keep all of us looking to Jesus for all the help that we need. Let's pray. God, thank you for the truth in your word and how it's sufficient for everything that we need. And on a day like today, it's so encouraging. Help us to run the race that you've called us to run. Help us to run the race that you've put in front of us. Help us to run with endurance. Help us to run with our eyes focused on you because you're the only reason that we can run. And God, help us to run together. Help us to support each other like that. And God, help us to do that for your glory and our joy as we get to know you, the ultimate prize, more and more as we run. It's in the name of Jesus that we pray. Amen.